welcome to the Access Church Podcast. We, we started a, a new sermon series called Blessed. And I want you to do me a favor say, I am blessed. And, and I hope you've been doing your homework because it's so important. Now, this goes much further than the beyond the power of positive, you know, suggestion or affirmation. Because the Bible tells us in the beginning that you and I were created in the image and the likeness of God. Now, that tells us one thing. That tells us that we are not that we physically resemble God. I know some of us might, and some of you are really far from that, but we're not going to point any fingers. Thank God for Snapchat filters, and uh, don't be pointing. Um, but it says that, that we are created in God's image, that we are, we are spirit beings, but it also says that we function like God. And God created everything through the power of his word. He said, let there be light. And so with, with that being said, that you and I, we have been given jurisdictional authority. We were created to function like God. So that means that our words have power. That whatever you speak or declare over your life will eventually become your reality. Why? Because that's the way that God has designed it to, to operate. So I want to encourage you that every day you wake up and you look at yourself in the mirror and say, you are blessed. Say, I am blessed. Begin to declare it. Begin to speak it. And, and so last week we, we attempted to answer, and I, I believe that we did, uh, the question whether or not the blessing of the Lord was material or was it spiritual. When the, when the Bible says that we are blessed, is is the blessing of God just relegated to our, our, our spiritual life or the spiritual realm? Or is there actually a visible, physical, material, or financial manifestation to that blessing? And, and I think that we, we came to understand that, that it is both, but it even goes beyond the financial, the material, and the spiritual. It also goes into our relational lives. In fact, our, our whole sermon series is based on, on the, the, the verse that we find in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22. It says, the blessing of the Lord makes a person rich. How many of y'all want to be rich? Don't be lying. You're like, I'm just too holy and too spiritual, Pastor. I just, I just have enough. I don't need any more. Right? You'll be lying. That's why you buy those lottery tickets when you think nobody's looking. Yeah. And, and so the blessing of the Lord makes a person rich. And then it says, and he has no sorrow with it. Why? When, when the blessing and the wealth and the riches come from God, why? does it not add sorrow because when God blesses, God doesn't bless with stuff. God doesn't give us things. And see, that's the problem with our minds. Oftentimes, because we live in a materialistic, consumer-driven uh, society, when we think about the blessing, we think about stuff. We think about things. We think about cars. We think about houses. We think about, about fuchi purses, you know. Y'all know you got a Fuji purse. It looks like Gucci, but it smells like Fuji. Because um, you bought it behind the toronjas in the mercado. Uh, so, you know, I don't know. This stuff just comes to me, the Holy Spirit. So, we think about that. But God doesn't bless with stuff. 
God blesses with strategy. God blesses with, with direction. God blesses with instruction. And that's why you will always find your obedience to God's direction tied to the manifestation of God's blessing. That's why Deuteronomy 28.2 says, if you fully obey the Lord, then all of these blessings will pursue you. They'll follow you. See, when you walk in alignment with God, you don't, go ha you don't have to go looking for the blessing. The blessing is going to come and find you. You And so the Bible says here that the blessing of the Lord makes rich and it adds no sorrow. Why? Because when God gives you wealth, God also gives you the wisdom to be able to steward and administer that wealth. And oftentimes we, we see this in, in lives of, of professional athletes. They, they, they don't have much wealth or wisdom. And as they, they sign those million dollar contracts, many of them, they lose everything they had after they finished playing because they did not gain the wealth or the wisdom that it required to be able to steward that wealth. And in fact, the statistics tell us that even those that win the Powerball, those that win multi-million dollar Uh, prizes through the lottery within five years, most of them are back to being broke as a joke. Why? Because they've got the wealth, but they didn't get the wisdom. It takes wisdom and godly wisdom to be able to steward and administer the wealth. And so when God gives you and God decides to bless you, God doesn't give you stuff. He gives you strategy. He gives you, he gives you uh, ideas. That's why, you know, sometimes you're watching TV late at night and you're sitting there thinking all of a sudden this infomercial comes up and it says for a low price of $19.95. And you're like, dude, I thought about that 10 years ago. Why? Because God gave you this strategy, but you failed to pursue it. And God says, well, if you don't want it, I'll give it to somebody else who's crazy enough to do it. And now they're making money on something that could have been yours. They're making money on, on, on an idea or a strategy, uh, an invention. And, and so this is what the Bible tells us, that the blessing of the Lord. So we learned last week that the blessing is both financial and spiritual, but it's also relational. In fact, Pastor Robert Morris in his best-selling book, The Blessed Life, says the blessing permeates every aspect of a person's life, their health, their relationships, their work, their family, their emotions, and, and their thoughts. And so, like I said last week, the blessing of the Lord will rest on any area that you choose to submit or surrender. What does that tell me? Is that you can be blessed in one area and not feel the blessing of the Lord in another area. There are some people that have no problem submitting and surrendering their finances. They can, they can tithe. They can give the first fruits. They can give offering. They, they, can, they can give it freely. And then you have others that are always trying to negotiate with God. Okay, God, I know you asked for 10. Will you take eight? How about 5% or how about I give you a dollar like I give the server at Chili's? I hope you're not giving a dollar to the server at Chili's, even though they deserve it. Just kidding. Um, so you can be blessed in one area and not see the blessing of God manifested, manifested in your life in another area. 
So whatever area that you choose to submit and surrender to God, that's where the blessing of the Lord will rest. In fact, if you submit your family to the Lord, then your family will be blessed. If you submit your health to the Lord, your physical body will be blessed. If you submit your emotions to the Lord, your feelings will be blessed. How many of you know that a blessed person reacts differently? See, the blessed person isn't easily offended. In fact, God had to prove that to me this week because we released a reel on Friday of where I'm doing a great preaching and some fool, I mean, some beloved child of God said, leave it to a preacher not to know what real work looks like. Yeah, oh wow. But because I'm blessed, I didn't get offended. I took it as a badge of honor. I said, man, I'm making traction. I'm stirring up some demons and devils. This, I mean, this child of God has no idea what it takes to lead and administer and shepherd a multi-site church with campuses in three cities with a bunch of sheep and goats. I mean, did I say that out loud? I mean, a bunch of sheep. Has no idea. But yet, we, we live in an age where people are so easily offended. Why? Because they haven't submitted even their emotions to the Lord. So when you're, you, you submit your emotions, you surrender, then you're blessed in that area. Now you don't become so easily offended. Why am I going to get offended at someone who has no idea? Or I, I, maybe they do show up. Are you here? Raise your hand. I don't know. That I don't know them and they don't know, they don't know me. Why am I going to take something personal? Why am I going to block them from fake book and Insta scam if I don't know them? I don't care. I don't know you. See, when you submit your emotions to the Lord, then you are going to react differently. If you submit your thoughts to the Lord, you will be blessed. How many of you know that a blessed person thinks differently? A blessed person sees things differently. A blessed person walks differently. Why? Because when you submit your thoughts to the Lord, when the opposition comes, you're not worried about the opposition because a blessed person will always see the opportunity that's imbued with the opposition. In every opportunity, there's always, in every opposition, there's always opportunity. See, the, the person that is blessed, they aren't moved by their present circumstances or situation. They have this unshakable, unbreakable, unmovable confidence that all things are going to work out for their good. That means when you know that you are blessed, it doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what's happening around you. It doesn't matter how much gas you, you don't have in the car. It doesn't matter how much food you don't have in the pantry. It doesn't matter how much money you don't have in the bank. See, when you are blessed and you know that you're a blessed, you, you know that you're blessed, you just see things differently. You know that your blessing and your provision is not contingent on your circumstance or your situation. Your blessing is directly tied to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You just, you just know. See, there was times, and we, we've shared, you know, some of our testimony when God called us to, to Mexico as, as missionaries. We, we didn't go like many missionaries that had churches or ministries that were supporting them. God literally transplanted us from Dallas, Texas into Mexico and said, figure it out. That's what it felt like. I'm sure he probably had a plan. 
But that's what it felt like. I had no way of, of earning income. I had no way of making money. And yes, we, we, went, through, we went through seasons of, of difficulty. We went through, through, through seasons of, of opposition and challenge. But why, why do we have this confidence? Because we knew that our blessing is not contingent upon our situation, our circumstance, or our environment. Our blessing is, is directly tied to the person that we are tied to or connected so many Christians, like I said, oftentimes you'll, you'll, you'll see that they'll put on their social media posts, hashtag blessed or so blessed, they'll share a, a pleasant experience, they'll share a gift, you know, and one of my favorites, you know, they're, they're showing off their $1,000 Louis, Louis Vuitton purse and they put hashtag humble. I'm like, humble? Like, you're just showing off that you bought a $1,000 purse, humble. Okay, I get it. Whatever makes you feel better. It's okay. That's you. You do you. But what does it really mean to be blessed? So to completely understand something, you often have to go to the beginning, to its origin or even the original use or term or situation. In fact, one of the foundational laws of exegesis, which is the laws that, that govern sound biblical interpretation, is what we call the law of first mention. Now, the law of first mention says that to understand a particular word or doctrine, we must find the first place that it is used in Scripture and, and where that word or doctrine is revealed, and we must study that passage. Now, the reasoning behind this is that the Bible's first mention of a concept, a principle, or a doctrine is the simplest and cleanest presentation. So then all, all proceeding doctrines after that are more fully developed, but they're built upon that foundation. In other words, the law of first mention sets the biblical pattern or principle by which every other instance will be governed. We always say that God is a God of pictures and, and patterns. So when we see the something mentioned for the first time, then we see that that is setting a biblical precedent, a, a biblical principle, and a, a pattern. So the first time we see God blessing a man is when he makes a covenant with Abraham in Genesis 12 or Abram and God tells Abram that he will bless him. Now I know you're thinking those of you that are theologically inclined are wondering well wait a minute didn't God bless man in Genesis chapter 1? Right? It, it, we, we see that in Genesis 1, 26 to 28. We see that. So we know that God first used the word blessed there, but it wasn't until Genesis chapter 12 that he physically entered a covenant of blessing. So let, let's break it down. Now, I, I know that this might run contrary to some of your, your, your theological paradigms, but just bear with me because I'm going to explain it to you. Ch Genesis chapter 1, 26 to 28 says, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground verse 27 so god created mankind in his own image and in the image of god he created them male and female he created them 
Verse 28, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. So God blessed them and said, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. So here we see God God is, is creating. We, we go through the whole creation narrative. God said, let there be light and there was light. And then God separated the day from the night and he called the, he called the light day and the dark night. And then he separated the, the, the waters from the gr- dry ground. And we go through this to the five, to the sixth day where God creates mankind but but let me tell you at that point nothing that God created had been physically manifested of course you already knew that but for those of you who didn't let's go to Genesis chapter 2 verse 4 it says this is the account of the creation of the heavens and the earth when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens verse 5 neither wild plants nor grains were growing on the earth Wait a minute. It said, when the Lord God made the earth, there was no wild plants or grains on the earth. For the Lord God had not yet sent rain to water the earth. There were no people to cultivate the soil. Wait a minute, Pastor. Genesis 1 just said he created everything. But now Genesis chapter 2 says there was nothing. I know. You're like, man, did I come to the right church? This is weird. So in Genesis 1... God created the concept, the idea. He set out the plan. This is what I'm going to do. So what he did, he created everything in his spiritual form. It had not yet been physically or visibly manifested. So even though he said he blessed mankind, he said, I bless you to be fruitful and multiply, he blessed in the spirit realm. So it was not until Genesis chapter 12 where God physically enters a covenant of blessing with a a man in a humus body, in a dirt body. The word human comes from humus, which comes from dirt. In a human body, in a dirt body, until Genesis chapter 12. So there, if we want to understand what it means to be blessed, that's where we have to start. Are you with me? Or did I weird you out already? Okay. So that's where we have to start. So let's go to Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. It says, the Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. Now, another foundational law in sound biblical exegesis is the law of definition. So we have the law of first mention. Then we have to look at the law of definitions. What we, We've got to understand what the words mean in order to know what the word means. So we've got to see what the words mean. Now, when, when we do a, a standard study of a Hebrew term, looking at the Old Testament, we have to begin with its etymology, the way a word is constructed. So those of you that come to Bible study on Thursday, look at your neighbor, you should have been here. We know that Middle Eastern cultures think differently than Western culture, Western civilization. We think in terms of of ideas and concepts of words, but Middle Easterners, especially the, the Hebrews, they, they think in terms of pictures. In fact, even their language is, is a picture language. Every Hebrew word has a picture associated with it. And every letter within that word has a picture associated. So when, when, you, when a, a, a Jew will look at a Hebrew word, they don't see a concept, they see a, a picture. 
And so understanding that in order to understand what the words mean, we have to look at its etymology. We have to look at, at what we call the denotative meaning of that word. We have to look at the pictures and what each letter of, of each picture letter represents. Now, just understanding the etymology, we cannot make a strong conclusion solely on the etymological construct of a word. Yes, the meaning of the word will give us some insight to understanding the principle or the doctrine, but we must also look at the second part is what we call its usage, how a term is used. So the proof of biblical terms in the Hebrew Bible is always in its usage. So you've got to look at the denotative meaning. You've got to look at the etymological structure of the word, but you also have to see how it's used because we know culturally, right, that that words can mean different things. Like you can go to somebody, man, man, bro, your car is sick. Do we mean that that car has some kind of virus or bacteria? Your car has a tummy ache? Pour some Pepto-Bismol in the tank? No. We know that the usage of terms, culturally, we can use them in a different way. And so that even happens in the Bible. The whole idea of idioms is not new. It was something that started from, from the beginning of the world. We'll take words and we'll, we'll, we'll change them and they'll mean different things. So we also have to do some sound hermeneutics to be able to understand what a word means to, to that audience, to that culture. And so you have to take the etymology, but you also have to look at its usage. And so here God is entering a, a, a covenant of blessing with Abram and he's telling you, you know what if you do this then I'm going to bless you if you leave and you obey and you go to the land where I will show you he says I am going to make you a great nation and I will bless you now understand that this is a new concept for Abram Abram's like bless what is that what, what does that mean so God had to begin to help him understand what he meant by the blessing because this was a new concept from Abraham. That he had not fully understood this. So that's where he says, he says, I'm going to bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a, a blessing. In fact, I think it's the new King James version that says, I'm going to make you famous. I, I think Malachi has been reading the new King James version because he's always praying to, for God to make him famous. I get it. And so it says that God is going to make you your, your name great and you will be a, a blessing. That's where we get the, the modern idea of blessed to be a blessing. So when you look at that, verse 2, it says, I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. This literally means in the original language is that you will be seen as blessed. What, what does that tell me? Is that the blessing of the Lord is visible like can you see a spiritual blessing maybe but the blessing of the lord is visible god is defined abram you're going to be so blessed everybody's going to know it why why because god you got to see that you are god's billboard god does his advertising through you how do we know that because god created us to reflect his glory so everywhere we go we should be reflecting god's glory we should be reflecting god's favor we should be reflecting god's goodness you know what but i'm sick and tired of christians always making excuses for their blessings 
Somebody rolls up in a brand new ride. Oh, that's such, a, that's such an amazing car. That's a beautiful car. Well, you should see the monthly payment. Like, just say thank you. Right? But we, it's almost like we're embarrassed of the blessings that we, we, we receive from God. Or say, man, that's a, that's a beautiful dress. Those are some really nice shoes. Well, you know, I, I walked in the store and it was 60 to 70% off. Who cares how much of a discount? Don't be embarrassed of the blessings that God gives you. All you have to do is say thank you. Just say thank you. Why? Because the blessing of the Lord... Now, don't go around bragging about it on Facebook and then hashtag humbled, okay? Like, I'm going to go delete my posts. Pastor must have been trolling me on Facebook. I wasn't, I promise. Honestly, I, I really believe that believers and Christians can, can be sincere and humble in declaring God's blessing in favor of their life. I get that. That's not what I'm saying. If we know that the blessing of God is going to be visible, then it's okay. Own the blessing. And that's what he's telling Abraham. Abraham, I'm going to bless you so much that everybody is going to see that you're blessed. Everybody's going to see my glory and my favor and my goodness in your life. Don't you want everyone to see God's glory, God's goodness, and God's favor in your life? Yes. Thank you to all four of you. Appreciate that. Then God tells Abraham in verse 2, he says, I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. He says, you will be seen as blessed. Then in verse 3, God says, and all the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. What does that mean? Is that the same blessing, remember we said the law first mentioned since the biblical pattern. That means that in the same way that God wants to bless Abraham, God wants to bless you. Come on, somebody. That, that, psh, thank you. A little bit louder, though. Next time. Think about it for a moment. Setting the biblical pattern, the same way that God blesses Abraham, God wants to bless you. He's saying, everybody on the earth is going to be blessed through you. Now, next week, we're going to talk about how you qualify for the blessing. Because wait a minute, you're like, well, I'm not part of Abraham's seed. I'm not Jewish. I'm not, I, I don't come from that. But we're going to show you how you get adopted and grafted into the blessing. But I love what it says here in the original language. It literally means that everyone will use your name and blessings. In other words, your name will be associated with blessing. Not only will people see you as blessed, people will, your name will be associated with God's blessing. You're, you're going to be in situations where everybody is going to say that, that you're lucky. Everybody's going to say, well, you just, you just sat at the right place at the right time. That You just luckily sat at the right table. You just luckily came across the right person. But you know that it has nothing to do with luck. It has to do with the favor and the blessing of God over your life. You know that it's because, not because you're lucky, it's because God... Is showing his glory in favor through your life. Who, who's that, that movie character that stupid, that stupid is, what stupid does? Who's, what's, who's, who's Forrest Gump. I call it the Forrest Gump anointing. You ever watch the movie? Like, 
the dude is sitting next to the president. Like, all of a sudden, he finds himself in all of these places with movie stars. You know what? When you have the blessing of God, you got like that Forrest Gump anointing. Like, you're, you're just going to be divinely connected and divinely put in, in situations where things are just going to happen for you. Yes, the world doesn't understand it. The world is going to call you lucky. But you know that it's nothing more than the blessing of God over your life. So the same way that God is blessing Abraham is the same way that God wants to bless you. The Bible says that Abraham was rich with cattle, with gold, and silver. Remember we talked about it last week? It's because God doesn't want rich people in heaven. No. That means Abraham didn't make it. But we know from Hebrews chapter 11 that he's in the hall of faith. That he's up there waiting for us. And he was very, very rich. Now, I don't want to get caught up in, in, in making it all about riches and physical riches and wealth. Because really, the, the idea, concept of riches and wealth encompasses more than just your, your financial status, your cash flow statement, or your profit and loss statement. It means so much more. So let's understand what the word blessed means. Let's break this down. Now, according to the theological work, word book of the Old Testament, in entry 285, page 132, in case you don't believe me, you can go look it up. To bless in the Old Testament means to endue with power for success, prosperity, fecundity, and longevity. To be endued with power for success. What does that mean? It's like I said, that when you have the blessing of God, blessing is not things. The blessing of God is a mantle. It is a covering. It is a power for you to produce prosperity, a power for you to produce success, a power for you to produce long life, a power for you to produce peace in your life. Now, to undo means to give or to put on. So, so when we see the blessing of God over our life, that means that you have this mantle where supernatural things just happen to you. So according to the theological word book of the Old Testament, to bless in the Old Testament means to give power for success, prosperity, lots of children, somebody like pastor stop there, and long life. But you don't have to take my word or the theological word book for, word for it either. Let's see how it's used in the scriptures. Go with me to Psalm 1, verse 1 through 3. So when we see blessed, means to have a power to produce. That means when you see the blessing of God, let me show you, let me give you some, uh, a biblical pattern for this. Do you remember when Abraham, he left, right? And then his servants and his nephew's servants, Lot, they started fighting and they started arguing. And so they stood in a place and Abraham says, you know what, we can't continue. I shouldn't have brought you. I should have left you, but you're here now. So let's do something. You go your way and I'll go my way. And the Bible says that Lot looked around and he said, okay, he saw where the pastures were green, everything was fruitful, he saw nothing but a desert, and so he says, you know what, I'm going to take door number two. Why? Because it looks green, it looks prosperous, it looks, so what happens, he goes to that place. Abraham is left with a place that doesn't look that blessed or prosperous. But what happened? Abraham knew that the blessing and the, the power to produce success and prosperity was not in the place. It was in him. 
So when Abraham got there, what looked like it wouldn't prosper began to flourish. And see, that's what happens to us. When we recognize and understand that we have the mantle of God's blessing, it doesn't matter what position, it doesn't matter what place they put you. They might try to blackball you. They might try to blacklist you. They might try to demote you. But when you have the blessing of God over your life, it doesn't matter where they put you. You're always going to prosper. You're always going to rise to the top. I went through a, a season in ministry where I was serving under this pastor leader and he got very jealous of, of the giftings and the anointing. So he tried to hide me. So he said, you know what? I'm going to make you the youth pastor. I was not hired to be the youth pastor. I was hired to be the executive associate pastor. But he, he, got, he, he got threatened. So he put me with the youth. At the time, we had about 10 youth. Vicky was there. She could tell you. What happened? Within a matter of weeks, we had 40, 50, 60 youth. He said, okay, that's not working. So then he put me in the kids' ministry. What happened? The kids' ministry. Really? El padre este niño. They put me in the kids' ministry. What happened? The kids' ministry began to flourish. See, I didn't have a chip on my shoulder. Well, I'm too good to do kids' ministry. I'm too good to be a youth pastor. You didn't hire me. I just came to serve. I didn't come looking for a position. I didn't come looking for a title. I just wanted to serve God. Then that didn't work because the kids' ministry. So he said, I know what. We're going to start a Spanish ministry. I said, cool. I just came from Mexico. I could do this. So we started a Spanish ministry, and guess what happened? It started growing. Then they decided to do, uh, you know, Mexicans, we can't do anything without food. So one day he said, Pastor, it's going to be, you know, the, the, you know, el 16 de septiembre, September 16th, and we want to do a, a, a we're going to have our Bible study, but we want to have like a potluck, and I'm going to bring, I'm going to bring pozole, and someone else is going to bring tamales and tostadas. Man, I was feeling revival breaking out in that place. And I walked in, and pastor here, they started handing me, like, food and plates and stuff, all, all this food. And the other pastor started looking, and they said, okay, that's not working. But what, what, what happened? It wasn't that I'm so gifted, even though I am, in my very humble opinion. It was much more than that. Why? Because when you have the blessing and the mantle of the Lord, it doesn't matter where they try to hide you. It doesn't matter where they try to put you. You're always going to prosper. You're always going to succeed. Because why? It's not about your glory. It's about his glory. That happened to me in corporate America. People try to blackball me. People try to black, uh, blacklist me. People try to put me to the side. But because I was not walking in my own favor, I had the blessing of the Lord on my life. I began to rise to the top. And even those people that started talking bad about me, I ended up becoming their boss. What do you think I did? I fired them. I didn't. Who said that? I love you. No, I didn't. Why? I had to show them grace and favor. But this is what the blessing of the Lord looks like in your life. Wherever they put you, you're just going to prosper. So look at, let's look at it from, from Psalm 1, 1 and 3. It says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. So the first two verses here tell us how to become the blessed one, 
how to get the blessing. Then the third tells us what it means to be blessed. The, thir- the, the verse three says, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water. Which person? The person that is blessed. He said, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do, prosperous. We could, we could rewrite it and say, wherever they go, wherever they walk, everything they're going to do is prosper. So this was written by David. David was a young man that spent a lot of time outdoors. He was a shepherd boy from the time he was young. So he spent a lot of time outdoors. And I imagine that at some point he drew, he drew this correlation between being blessed and a particular tea. I just imagine, you know, this is all supposition. You know, so so don't quote me on this, but I imagine that at some point, David, being outside, he began to notice that there was a specific tree that it didn't matter if there was drought, it didn't matter if there was rain, it didn't matter the, the climate, the environment, that tree always produced fruit, that tree always had leaves, and then he saw others that were contingent and dependent on the climate. If the climate environment was good, then they would produce, but if it wasn't, they wouldn't produce, but there was this one particular tree that, that he noticed notice that was always producing every season. It was always giving something. It always looked green. It always looked prosperous. It always looked flourishing. And I imagine that, that, that intrigue led him to investigate. And what he found out is what we said, is that that tree was planted by a stream. What does that mean? That means that that tree had its roots connected to a source. That tree had its roots connected to the source. So it didn't matter if a gardener came and watered it. It didn't matter if it rained or not because it was connected to the stream because it was connected to the source of life it didn't matter it wasn't contingent or dependent on any external or extrinsic factors why because it was connected to the source and David said aha that is what the blessed man is like see I've learned something that my blessing is not contingent on which political party is in office my blessing is not contingent on whether how, how great the stock market, the job market, or the real estate market is doing or not doing. Why? Because my blessing is not contingent because I'm not connected to that. I'm connected to the source. Why do you think when you go through an issue or problem, the first thing the devil wants to do is disconnect you? You walk in. BB doesn't shake your hand. You're like, oh, I'm leaving. I'm never coming back. I'm never coming back to this church ever again. I can't believe they only ordered five chocolate donuts. And I didn't get one today, so I'm not coming back. We know that the body, the church is called the body of Christ. What happens when you remove a member from the body? Let's try an experiment. Cut off your hand. Disconnect it from your body. Just Okay, don't try this at home. What happens if you cut off your hand? What happens to your hand? It dies. It's perfectly good. But when you disconnect the hand from the body, the source, it dies. That's what happens. That's why the devil is always trying to disconnect you from the body of Christ. That is why he's always trying to disconnect you. Anytime you remove a a perfectly good digit or member of your body from this body, it's no longer connected to the source, then it's going to die. Let me tell you, I've been in ministry for 30 years. I know you're thinking about pastor, you're only 35. I know I started preaching in kindergarten. 
in those 30 years, no one has ever, and let me tell you, I've seen people leave for a variety of reasons because the pastor didn't like their, their TikTok story or didn't share a post or didn't heart their Insta scam. I don't know. I've seen people leave for all kinds of reasons. And in those 30 years, no one has ever told me, pastor, that was the best decision of my life. The day I left angry and mad from church, everything went great for me. I got promoted. I got a new house. I got a new car. I got a new husband. That was the best decision. In 30 plus years of ministry, no one has ever told me that. You know what I hear? is like, man, pastor, I should have never left. I should have never left. I should have stuck it out. I shouldn't have been so sensitive. I should have stuck it out. I should have stayed because the moment I got disconnected, all hell began to break loose in my life. Why? Because when we disconnect from the source, we disconnect from the body and start to die. And so what David is saying here is that as long as you're connected to the source, and, 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 and let me just make this a clarification because some fool, I mean some child on Facebook, Child of God on visit, or, or YouTube is going to say, see, he just wants you to go to church. It doesn't matter what church you go to, as long as you go to his church. So whether it's Access Church or Access Church or Access Church, you can pick one of the three. If you don't like this one, we got one in Brackettville. We got one in Del Rio. As long as you're in the body of Christ and you're connected, your life is going to be like that tree. You're going to be plugged in, and you're going to be connected. Two years ago, we had this, this lamp that was kind of temperamental. You ever had one of those lamps that you turn it on, and like you move away, and it turns off? And then you hit it, and it turns on, and then you hit it again, and it turns off? That's how I, I, I picture it in my head. You ever, you've never had one of those lamps? That's because y'all are rich folk. You didn't buy your lamp at the pulga. Pulga is the Greek word. Um, and we had one of those lamps that you'd walk by and it would turn off. It's not like some of you Christians, right? You walk by, you get bummed, you turn off, turn on. They sing the right song. Some of y'all were in Spanish. Like, is it all right we sing Spanish every once in a while? You better get used to it because we're singing Spanish in heaven. So it's a joke. No, I'm not. It's, you better learn Spanish. Don't worry, I'll interpret for you in heaven. Um, and this lamp would, would, would turn on and off. And, and I remember one day I got frustrated. I said, I'm going to figure this out. So I went and I, I put my hand in the lampshade and I twisted the light bulb because I thought, well, maybe the light bulb's loose. And so I twisted it and, and I connected it. And it was, it was connected. I said, okay, so that's not the problem. So I looked at the base. I tightened the base. I followed the cord. And I got to where it plugs into the wall. And I saw that this lamp was not connected all the way. It had one pata in and one pata out. Pata is the Greek word. Look it up. It wasn't connected all the way. And, and I thought for a moment, see, that's what happens to us a lot of times. The reason that we're in and out, we're on and we're off, we're excited and we're not excited, we're, 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 we're happy, we're elated, we're blessed, and then we're oppressed or we're depressed. Why? Because we're not fully connected. And God is here to tell you, if you just fully connect, get both patas in, and you'll be connected to the source, 
then it doesn't matter what goes on around you. You're always going to be blessed. You're always going to experience the love and the glory of God in your life because that's what it's like is when you're connected to the source. And I'm going to close with this. Being blessed means that you're going to prosper in everything you do, but also being blessed means wealth and riches are in your house. How many of you want wealth and riches in your house? Really? Be, let's be real. I see you, Kim K. Wealth and riches. I want wealth and riches in my house. I want to be blessed to be a blessing pastor. Psalm 112 verse 1 says, Praise the Lord. Blessed are those who fear the Lord, who find great delight in His commands. Who gets blessed? Those who find great delight in God's commands. In other words, they know God's law. They meditate on God's law and they keep God's law. Then it tells us what it means to be blessed. Verse 2, their children will be mighty in the land. I mean, if, if that was all the blessing of God gave me, just to know that my children are going to be mighty. I mean, just, just for, for me personally with my two boys, that is enough for me to know that if I'm connected to God, if I'm connected to the source and the blessing of God is on my life, it's not just about me. That's why the devil is always messing with you. Why? Because the blessing is not just about you. It's about your children. It's about your children's children. It's about your children's children's children. See, the Bible tells us that the blessing of the Lord goes down to a thousand generations. But what happens? If he can get you to unplug and disconnect, he cuts off the flow of blessing to your kids. And the Bible says that the blessed man, that their children will be mighty in the land. How many of you want your children to be mighty in the land? Like if that's enough, I mean for me, it doesn't matter. What does that mean? That means whatever my kids do, like if they're in band, they're going to be first chair. If they're if on the soccer team, you know, they're going to be the number one striker. If they're on the football team, they're, whatever they do, if they're in the debate club. Y'all don't even know what that is. But that used to be a thing. They teach people how to fight. I don't get it. But Imagine the blessing of the gods of God says that your children will be mighty in the land. Me, that For me, that's enough, but it doesn't stop there. Look what it says. It says, the generation of the upright will be blessed. Their generations will be blessed. Verse 3 says, and wealth and riches are in there. What does it say? It doesn't say house. What does it say? Say it again. It doesn't say that in their house, it says their house is. What well, that tells me that God wants you to have more than one house. Thank you for two of you that agree with that. Some of you are too spiritual to admit that. But it says that the wealth and riches are in their houses. In whose houses? In the houses of those who fear the Lord, in the houses of those that are blessed. Then it goes on to say, and their righteousness endures forever now you're thinking wait a minute righteousness in this context doesn't make a lot of sense but the hebrew word translated righteousness is tzedakah and here this is a metonym a metonym for those of you that do not teach english 
is a word that is assimilated or close. It's, it, it's, it's almost like a, a poetic way of understanding what the psalmist is writing. What he is saying here when he says that their righteousness endures forever. What he's saying is that they're blessed and their blessing will endure forever. It will never run out. Why? Because you are connected to the source. When you are connected to the source, you're never gonna run out. Your blessing is gonna come, blessing after blessing after blessing. And so what this psalmist is saying is that those that are blessed, their children will be mighty in their land. They will have wealth and riches in their houses and their blessing will never run out. How do we know? Because now you're connected to the source. How many of you wanna connect to the source? For a small donation. No, just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. You're like, I knew there was a catch. Let's go. Let me get my donut coffee. Let's go. So when we talk about the blessing, I love how you guys laugh at my dad jokes. The blessing of God is a theme like few others in scriptures and when we talk about the blessing we are encompassing the entirety of god's goodness to humanity in fact deuteronomy 8 18 and i'm going to close with this for real for real but remember the lord your god for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth i mean think about that for a moment within you because you have the blessing of the lord upon you you have the ability to produce wealth so let's define this the distinction between luck and blessing see with luck you get wealth but with the blessing you produce the wealth and when you produce the wealth remember god doesn't give you stuff he gives you strategy God gives you the wisdom so that you will always be connected to the source so your wealth will never run out. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be lucky. I want to be blessed. And I want to walk in the blessing, the goodness, and the favor of God. I want to be connected to the source so that blessing will never run out. Will you stand with me? And I want you to do me a favor. Raise your hands like you're a plug. If you didn't wear deodorant, wear them. Raise them like this, okay? If you're sure. I, you just aged yourselves. You're like, sure, what does that mean? Plug in. Say, God, I want to plug in today. I want to connect to you. And I don't want anything to disconnect me from you. God, I want you to fulfill your plans, your purposes, and your promises in every area of my life. And as a sign of surrender, and a sign of being plugged into you, God, God, I want more of you in my life. God, let your blessing manifest. I want to submit every area in my life so that your blessing will rest on every area. And I ask this in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you for joining us, and a special thanks to those who have given to support this ministry. Without you, none of this is possible. If you like this podcast, please like and subscribe and share it on social media. 
Thank you for listening. God bless you.